This Onside Rewind is brought to you by Sports Grill. And right now, the locations on Bird Road and Miami Lakes are offering some great employment opportunities. All kinds of positions are now available from kitchen to hosting. Call for more information, 305-485-8845. That's 305-485-8845. Sports Grill is the home for the legendary special grilled wings since 1987. Sports Grill, good food, good drink, and good friends. It's time to climb inside the squared circle. I have wined and dined with kings and queens, and I've slept in alleys and dined on pork and beans. The Squared Circle Digest, that is. Here is your host, Sean Stanley. It's Saturday. You know what that means. John Stanley Squared Circle Digest OnSideRadio.com. You can be listening to us anywhere. Podbean live. We have an issue right now technically with the YouTube. We'll have that up here hopefully in a little bit. But for right now, you get to hear the lustrous tunes of my voice. Fortunately for a lot, you don't get to watch me right now. So that's probably a good thing. Uh, something that has happened far too often since I started doing this show. Uh, we have to say RIP to another former, and I'll even go as far as calling him a legend, ECW legend, Jerome Young, better known as New Jack. It's reported yesterday that he had uh, passed away at the age of 58, reportedly due to a heart attack. My thoughts go out to his family, friends, and any of the fans, uh, which he had many of, because that's what he did. He did a lot of his work to rile up the fans, good or bad. If you have not seen the Dark Side of the Ring episode of New Jack, I recommend that you do so today. I don't know many that probably have not. Go watch it. Look at those stories. He really was one of a kind. He lived his gimmick. Um, I was fortunate enough to share a locker room with him when I was doing my independent days. A handful of times. Not many. Um, but again, at 58 years old, uh, it's, it's just one of those things, man, where it's, it seems like it's happening every week, every weekend we're losing, uh, somebody different to, to anything again, you know, it's, it's life. It is what it is, but it just seems like every show I start off with an RIP to a former legend or pro wrestler. And again, here I am this week with somebody this time, you know, goes back with uh, with Rusty Brooks when he passed away. I, I was able to spend time, Rusty, a lot more time than I did with New Jack. But again, when you share the locker room, you, you get to understand the person. When you share a locker room a lot, but when he walked in, he showed respect to everybody in that locker room. 
and he expected respect to be shown to him, and rightfully so. And with that, it's kind of where you got on the good side of New Jack or the bad side of New Jack. And those stories, when you watch Dark Side of the Ring, and it's funny because I believe it was this week during uh, an episode of Kai's Corner with Kai Chen Chisholm, I had, we were talking about New Jack with what happened at one of the pay-per-views of Vic Grimes in ECW where Vic Grimes, uh, uh, went, it went wrong. It was an issue with the, uh, they're on a scaffold, uh, Different stories from different people that you hear, but uh, what ended up happening was the story that I was given was that Vince Grimes kind of uh, tensed up a little bit and didn't want to go through with it, and then New Jack just kind of pulled him. And they ended up landing on New Jack, and that's kind of where his career went uh, went to the side, okay, when you, when you look at it from there. Um, then there was the incident in, uh, and I'm not even getting into like the mass transit issues. When you, if you watch the uh, Dark Side of the Ring, you'll see those. Um, then he tased Vic Grimes, as the story goes, and then just basically tossed him off the top of a scaffold, and he almost cleared the ring. He hit the ring ropes, and bounced back in. Um, that, that was New Jack. He he. Didn't care. It's about respect. Respect earned. He lived his gimmick. And I don't know that it was a gimmick, to be honest. As I said, I only talked to him a handful of times. Shared a locker room with him. Was fortunate enough to have beer with him. But I always, I'll, I'll look back at two, two parts of locker rooms that I shared with them. One was in IPW. They are a Tampa-based organization. They started running some shows down here uh, at eight seconds. It was a saloon over in Davie off of, uh, I believe it was Orange Drive at the time. It was a two-floor country and western bar. And when we walked in, we saw where the ring was set up, and it was set up on the dance floor. And the dance floor, and, and it's not going to, do it just on the radio, and I don't even know if I can describe it even if uh, you could see me on YouTube. It, the first floor was on the bottom where the ring was, and there was a cutout basically in the second floor where you could look down into the dance floor. And as, you know, the, the boys are getting there, we're all looking at the ring. We know, we, had, we know that New Jack is on the card, and the one thing that we are thinking as everything is going on is, well, that's going to get that. He's jumping off that tonight. It's going to happen. It, it is going to happen. His match goes on. And you can tell, and again, this is the the worker that he was. He knew going in, it's expected. The fans are wanting it. So he teases it so many times. He's going to the top. He gets cut off. They fight back to the ring. You can hear the crowd going up knowing that. Oh, they're going to head up to upstairs, upstairs. Oh, no. And he brought them back down. He did that probably three or four times. Then finally they battle up there. And then they battle back down. They teased it again. And they left, and he left them laying there 
And where the locker room was, there was two ways to get up to the top. The locker room was kind of up the stairs there, and then there was black curtains going around. So you couldn't really see up into the thing. So it looked like what he had done is laid out his opponent. And he worked his way up to the top, and then he did the dive. And the place <laughs> went crazy. That's what he... He knew he put his body on the line for the fans. And, and it sounds weird, but he lived that gimmick. He knew what was kind of expected out of the gimmick. And when you watch back, you can kind of see the evolution of New Jack when he went from Smoky Mountain, where he picked up, you know, and, and there was a lot of, you know, again, this is a different time, different time. He was able to get away with a lot of things. And, and again, I don't think that he would have cared what year it was. He would have probably said the same thing today. And uh, then you watch his evolution into ECW, and he gets it. He understands. He feeds off the fans. In Smoky Mountain, it was more of him being the black athlete, and he was working against the all-white crowds. So he understood how to work with and against the fans. He knew how to get them riled up. Same thing happens in ECW. He comes in, he's like, these are my type of people. They want me, they want to see me hit people with things and come out and be loud and, and talk and yell and shout. And what'd he do? He evolutionized his character New Jack, and made it bigger. He had the cult following. Every time his music hit, do you know how crazy the fans got? I went to an ECW show one time when I was in the military, and I was on leave, and I came home, and I'm like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go check out this ECW card at the War Memorial Auditorium. It was after. It was not the pay-per-view. I believe the pay-per-view was the first time they went there. It was another one they did. This show started at 7 o'clock. I believe it was 12.30 when New Jack's music hit. And the place blew up. It was loud the whole time, but it even went up higher when, when you heard the music hit. And one of the things that, uh, for me, uh, I got to do a vignette uh, when I was with uh, doing a tag team here, a tag team that was well-known, uh, the Blackhearts, which originally I believe was Tom Nash and uh, Gangrel, and then Tom Nash and Dave Johnson. And then Dave Johnson uh, had asked me to team with them. Uh, at the time, it was an MXPW. They were doing tapings at the War Memorial Auditorium, which is very cool because it was a place I grew up watching wrestling and going to wrestling and i finally got to wrestle in there the other one the science musical theater is no longer we'll never get a, got an opportunity to wrestle there but they're doing tapings leading up to what was going to be a steel cage match which was going to be the Blackhearts, which at that time was going to be dave johnson and gangrel they're bringing gangrel in but he was on the west coast at this time to take on hack myers and new jack so they had myself and dave attack them outside in the parking lot as they pulled up 
And it was uh, New Jack driving a convertible. Hack Myers in the back seat on the convertible, just doing his thing. The late great Hack Myers. Myself and Dave attacked them in the parking lot, and we just fought. Felt like forever. And that was my timing. We hit New Jack with a move on the on the uh, car door, and then we left them laying and, and left. And that was the vignette that we shot to gear up to them for the thing. So when I heard the news, I started kind of thinking about that vignette, and then I looked back, and I, I even thought, it even hit me harder. Because out of those four that were there at that time, Hack Myers has passed away, rest in peace. Dave Johnson, a friend and a mentor, has passed away. Rest in peace, my man. And now New Jack has passed away. And I wanted to RIP to a legend, ECW legend. And as I was looking back at, I was trying to find uh, some of the videos of the things, but they're just looking back last night watching just the clips and how New Jack was able with just music. And yeah, he used weapons. Yeah. But also he used weapons in a, believe it or not, a psychological way in a match. He wasn't just throwing things to throw things. That wasn't New Jack. And uh, all the stories, good or bad, they're out there. But RIP to an ECW legend, New Jack. And we come back, we're going to talk about AEW. There's some rumors going around about the executives. So we'll dive into that. But every Thursday from 7 to 9, catch Fight Night with Alex Dono and James Walker. It's the show dedicated to combat sports from UFC to boxing to bare-knuckle brawling. Alex and, Alex and James provides combat sports fans the insight and interviews they crave. Tune in every Thursday night from 7 to 9 for Fight Night with Alex Dono and James Walker. Search and subscribe to the podcast by searching Fight Night on the home for combat sports on SideRadio.com. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. Grill. Sports fans love a place with great food, cold drinks, and TVs everywhere. That's why sports fans love Sports Grill in their seven amazing locations. Check out their Bird Road and Miami Lakes locations. Sports Grill is the home to the legendary special grilled wings since 1987. Sports Grill, good food, good drinks, and good friends. Back to the Squared Circle Digest. To call the show, 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. As you just heard, you can call us at 888-441-4623, but you can also text us at 844-416-8123. And maybe I can do that correctly. 844-416-8123. That sounds a little bit better. More rhythm there. Talked about uh, New Jack, who passed away yesterday, the age of 58. And we're going to go into 
Another story that is uh, kind of starting to catch fire, I guess. And that is that uh, there might be a little backstage tension uh, between the AEW executive vice presidents, Cody Rhodes, the Young Bucks. And, and so, you know, again, I am not a newsbreaker, okay? I'm not. I don't have uh, insiders. I don't have anything like that. So what I am telling you speaks from my 14 years of being an independent wrestler, being in the backstage, talking with some of the wrestlers involved and, and things like that. In this situation, have not talked to any of the wrestlers involved. But when you sit and you look at this situation, okay, on, on the recent Jim Cornette podcast, co-host Brian Lass hinted that there could be legitimate backstage tension between AEW executive vice presidents Cody Rhodes and the Young Bucks. Again, they, they have insiders, I, I'm guessing, okay? When you most of these guys that are breaking news, this next one that I'm going to talk about, Sean Ross Sapp of Fightful.com, trust in everything that he is saying. I trust every word of his. I joined uh, his Patreon and everything else, or whatever that thing is called, the Patreon or however that app is called. That's where I get a lot of my my news from. And he said that he's heard the rumors. He hasn't heard it from any talents. He hasn't heard that from any executives. But I've heard it. It's worth me asking about. It is not something that the wrestlers are talking about. And it's been something I've asked about a ton. Then it went on to the PWTorch.com. Uh, That's what Wade Keller and ProWrestling.net's Jason Powell. Wade Keller went on to say there's going to be a book written someday by some of these EVPs or someone else closely observing, and we're going to learn a lot about the dysfunction. He says, um, I think we're going to find out that, that out. I know there are people in other wrestling companies saying the Bucks and Cody and Kenny, it's not going to be long at all before they want to have nothing to do with each other. The honeymoon period is going to be short. It seems like it is. It seemed like there's some disengagement and people going off into their own that is showing up in certain ways. Now, Powell went on to say, if that is not happening, they need to clear up that misconception. He went on to say he believes it's happening. There's a would-be difference maker who could go there that has the opinion that there's this all in fighting or that this all this infighting and this person for that reason is hesitant to go there. So again, there's a free agent, let's call him a free agent, who is looking to sign possibly with AEW, but he's worried about going there because of the infighting. Possibly in AEW. Now, here's one of the things that when you go back and you've heard the stories come out now about WCW, right? You had the Eric Bischoff side. You had Vince Russo side. Wrestlers were kind of, you're a Vince Russo guy. You were a Eric Bischoff guy. You see that all the time. There's a lot of politics involved. 
even in the WWE, politics is involved because if you're not a Vince McMahon guy, more than likely, you're not going to get used. Or if you get used, it's just going to be to be almost like an enhancement talent. When you fall out of grace with Vince McMahon, you fall out of grace. Can you come back from it? Yes, but it takes a while. And so if you're a free agent coming out of that environment, and then you hear that in this AEW environment, there possibly could be some dysfunction behind the scenes between the executive vice presidents at this point, it looks like it's Cody and the Bucks. Omega's name has been thrown in there some. We see Omega and the Bucks together all the time, right? We don't see Cody with that group so much. Are the storylines being written to correspond with real life? Again, with pro wrestling. Believe half of what you see, nothing of what you hear. But, when it does get into a free agent signing, some of the issues that come along with that, let, let's take a look, okay? So, for instance, you come in and you're kind of labeled a Cody Rhodes guy. Cody wants this guy signed. Cody wants to push this guy. These are the storylines we want to give this guy because he's a Cody guy. Then you have the Young Bucks and Omega over here saying, well, we want to do this with this guy. There could be a lot of infighting. And if you're coming from an environment to where you're kind of being held down, is that the first place you want to go? Are you better off signing at, I mean, Impact, Ring of Honor? Have that freedom. Do you want to be in the infighting? Uh, with this... A lot has been said that uh, Brian uh, last said uh, on the Cornet Experience podcast that emails between Cody, Kenny Omega, and the Young Bucks only hammer home the problems internally and that it's not a coincidence that Cody has been absent from BTE. So I went back and I looked, and again, I am not a newsbreaker. I'm not any of this stuff. I just go back and I look at stories from, from and this is from an interview with uh, PW Insider in July of 2020. This is right around the time, if you remember back, the AEW Double or Nothing Stadium Stampede match that was supposed to be the Elite and the in Inner Circle. Cody wasn't involved in that. They put Matt Hardy in the match. Some of it was being said because they did some tapings, the way they did the tapings and the things like that, because that was right around, you know, the COVID time. Okay? Believe it as you say. Again, I am just showing you the stories and the, the reports leading up as things have escalated here. Have they escalated or have they always been there? Or is there nothing there at all? Okay, remember, none of the members of the elite came out to celebrate his TNT championship, okay? It was all the Nightmare family. And then in this same July 2020, we are now in May 
2021, almost a year ago. He wanted to clarify the real-life situation between himself and the rest of the group. And this is what he said. So now, again, almost a year ago, he said, I think in a way a lot of people will be like, no way, he's lying. But I think in a way it's actually made us stronger. We don't spend near as much time as we used to together. Everyone is so busy. Kenny works from the time he gets there. Matt and Nick are always doing something with the BTE brand. That's their brand. It's an important brand to AEW. And then he said, and then I'm always up to something. And then he went on to say, because again, it was brought up. He hasn't been used on the BTE, right? That was one of the things to kind of add fire or add gasoline to the fire at this point. He said, I'm never on BT any, anymore. BTE has become a spotlight for younger guys and girls. I totally get that. But I have nothing but respect and love for Matt, Nick, and Kenny. And if you hear about any infighting or any things of that nature, sure, I'm sure there's some arguments and I'm sure there's difference of opinions. But we have never gone into a show where we weren't all on the same page, very professional, those guys all put the professional in professional wrestler. You know, we don't spend as near as much time together anymore, but we have this show with our faces on it. And I know we want to make it the best. And that's what I want to kind of tie this all into. This is the all elite wrestling brand. This is all about the elite. All their faces are tied to this, whether it fails or succeeds. They are all tied to this. When we come back, we're going to have Justin Hollis. He's going to join us. We're going to talk more AEW. And he's from the Bird and the Villain podcast. It had a soft launch this week. But we'll discuss him and him or AEW with him. I'm sorry. I think I could talk. Weekdays at Onside Radio, our hosts sit down at the round table to tackle the most important local or national sports headlines. The Roundtable podcast is daily. Search Onside Radio on all platforms. Subscribe, rate, review to listen to all kinds of station segments. Onside Radio is the home for South Florida sports. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This Onside Rewind is brought to you by BYB Extreme Bare Knuckle Fighting Series. Saturday, May 15th at the Fair Expo Center at Tamiami Park. See Bare Knuckle Brawlers fight live in the Trigon. Buy your tickets at BYBTickets.com for BYB5. Saturday, May 15th, BYB is proudly sponsored by BMCHAM.com. BMCHAM.com, your choice for gold and silver. To text the show, 844-416-8123. That's 844-416-8123. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. All right, bringing you back in. It is the Squared Circle Digest. You're listening to Onside Radio. Coming up after me, it'll be Chirping the Cats Radio with David Dork. But right now, we're going to chirp some AEW. I'm going to bring on Justin Hollis. Catch him on Twitter at the Jaybird 904 Justin, how are you doing this morning? 
I'm doing well, sir. How are you doing? Ah, doing good, man. It's been a while since we talked. Uh, you got something new coming out. I know you guys said you had a soft launch, but uh, the Bird and the Villain podcast. Give me a little rundown on what it's about. Hey, the Bird and the Villain podcast. It's uh, me and a good friend of mine, Marcus Gray. We we met through going to uh, AEW events, and uh, it's just a podcast. We're going to talk about wrestling, some AEW, uh, and, and just life in general. We're, we're we're two single dads with kids. And so we got that in common. We got wrestling in common, and we're just gonna have some fun. We got some cool interviews lined up um, with uh, with some indie wrestlers and stuff. So I'm using kind of my inside uh, take to be able to bring some in, uh, indie wrestlers. Uh, Chandler Hopkins, who was on with uh, AEW on AEW Elevation, is actually going to be coming on with us in a couple weeks to get interviewed. Good deal, man. I'm glad to see that's finally taken off. I know you've been working on it for a little bit as well. Um, let's talk a little bit about e- AEW. Um, I don't know if, it's the, if I could say it's a new story, but lately a lot of stuff's come out about uh, the executive vice presidents maybe not getting along as much. It's not affecting the product right now on screen, but what do you see can be some of the things that might happen if this is actually true and it has legs? Uh, there's always going to be disagreements and people not getting along and and hopefully over the, the the long run it doesn't affect the product but it hopefully they they can work out the differences and and and, and it may go down down the road where someone goes their separate ways separate ways and it goes does something else goes to another promotion it's wrestling yeah. it doesn't seem like anybody's really loyal to one company <laughs> for very long except for the undertaker yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true maybe vince mcmahon but that's because he owns the company um, yeah. Let's let's look at. Hopefully, you'll you'll be traveling with them. But AEW did announce they're going to do some traveling. Uh, the first one, July seventh, will be down here in my neck of the woods, in Miami at the James L. Knight Center. Uh, one, will you be able to do any of the traveling when they do travel? Because I also know you got some real real life things going on there. Uh, but a chance we might see you down in Miami sometime. Maybe, man. I would love uh, to be able to travel and go to some AEW events and. And, and, and meet different people that I interact with. Uh, so I'm, I'm hoping um, to be able to do, do some of the traveling. I actually have – they're going to be in um, – in, uh, I'll draw it a blank. Dallas, yes, too. So yeah. I got some connections in, in Dallas, too. Uh, so I would love to get out on the road to, to do some traveling with AEW. It's, it's hard because it's the middle of the week. <laughs> no, no, that's the drive. thing. They 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 did say they're going to do some Friday now tapings. It looks like uh, around the pay per view yeah. time frame, but also a lot going on with the. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see with the uh, NBA going into playoffs now, how it's going to affect their TV schedule. Yeah, uh, with, with before the, Double or Nothing, they'll be doing a. Uh, they're doing a Dynamite Live here in Jacksonville before Double or Nothing. Awesome, yeah, and they're going to keep doing Daly's Place, I guess, in between all the traveling, right? Daly's Place is kind of going to be the home base, I guess, is what they're going to do. Yeah. Yes, definitely. They're still going to do Daly's Place. It's going to be harder to book Daly's Place coming up because, as you know, Florida's wide open now. That's and, true. Uh, so they're, going to start, they're going to start doing concerts again at Daly's Place. So that just makes it a little harder for them to continue to use the facility, whereas you know, during the entire pandemic, nobody was using the facility besides AEW. Yeah, and, and you know what? I kind of thought that that was because of the whole Tony Khan angle of it. But, yeah, I guess if they're going to be opening it up, there's going to be a lot more uh, concerts and everything else coming to town there as well. 
wasn't yeah. Wasn't yeah, definitely. Even, so. Yeah, one thing I wasn't even thinking about there. I want to talk to you a little bit. Uh, a lot was made of the blood and guts match, uh, more so the ending than, than anything else. I thought the match itself was, was very good, very violent and everything. What did you think of some of the, the blowback at the end of the match there? What I have found out is that anything AEW does, there's <laughs> always going to be blowback. That's just what it seems like. Anything AEW does. Now, I was there live, so I didn't catch any of the, any of the end like from the camera angles and stuff uh, like that until I, until basically the next day because I didn't look at it that night. Um, live, it looked absolutely great when he fell when Jericho mm-hmm. got pushed off and landed on the uh, and landed on the box because from our view you, you couldn't see the you couldn't see the cushions or anything. It was an absolutely terrible camera angle yeah. AEW chose. Yes, it, it was absolutely terrible. Um, but you know what? And I've said this. I said this on a podcast the other day. AEW has had some bad cuts and some bad camera angles a lot. It's happened a lot, uh, and they, that's something going forward that that they have to address. They have to address their their production crew when it comes to that. Yeah, and also I thought it was kind of because again we've watched the WWE product, and, and there's been some bad angles there as well. I just thought you know it's like look, it's wrestling these days. There's not a lot you don't know about pro wrestling, at least if you've been watching it for a while. It's not like they're going to have him go through a metal stage and, and then get up and, and be fine. I just, I don't know what was expected either from there. I kind of compared it to when you watch a movie and you, and you watch somebody get thrown off the building, they don't land on the concrete and then get up. Yes. It's cut and it's edited. So, you know, but you know that he didn't get, it just, to me seems like it's like one of those things where you're saying everything does get, kind of blowback and and it's uh i don't know i just i feel like it's just to me it was a non-story i I get the angles and and you're right they probably do need to touch up on the production side of things there because i think that's the next step they need to take right absolutely that's something i've uh that's something i've been uh saying for a year now is that they have to improve their camera angles, they have to improve their shots. There's been times where we've missed stuff in matches because they pan to a different view and you totally missed somebody sneaking in hitting somebody. Yeah. And then you just see them laid out and then they show the wrestler and you're like, guys, you, you can't miss that type of stuff. That's <laughs> that's that's important stuff to the matches. Yeah. Um so yeah, that's something that they have to improve on. Uh and hopefully going forward, uh, you know, Tony Khan listens to people and says you know what yeah that is something we, we need to think about in the future is is these camera angles because they, they would have changed the camera angle and Chris Jericho would have fallen nobody would have said anything yeah no. there would have been a little, little bit of people but it would not have been the blowback that you uh that, that you have yeah and now let me ask you something because with all the build-up with the blood and guts match how, how did you feel about the ending being the way it went down by by that I mean you know, all the talk leading into it was, you know, we, we'd give our lives and this and that, and then it came down to MJF holding Jericho up there, threatening to throw him off, and then it was a quick I surrender from the inner circle. How did you feel that was as far as that, that whole buildup and then the, the ending of that match? I, I didn't like it. Okay, good. I, I'm not alone <laughs> I, then. Okay, okay, good, good. Yeah, I, I didn't like it. Uh, um, yeah, I was 
with my girlfriend watching it live, and and we, when they gave up, we're like, what just happened? We had no clue that the inner circle gave up, and then it was like, oh wow, they they they, they didn't want Chris Jericho to fall off. And it's like really, after all this buildup, just knock him, throw in the towel, Jericho falls. Yeah, like uh, what what what's the biggest what's the difference between doing that and 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 letting Jericho fall? There wasn't much difference. Would have been better for the story if they would have done that. Okay, good. I'm just glad I'm not alone because I looked at that and I was like, that guy. And then the next week, now there's going to be a stadium stampede match with the same teams. And then they're going with the yeah. whole uh, the inner circle breaks up if they lose. Or, you know, I just, I just, I don't understand some of the stuff that goes on there. But I'm, I'm just glad I wasn't alone on there. I want to talk real quick because I know we're running out of time here. The women's division, before that used to be. Not so strong, at least in the eyes of maybe outside of AEW. To me now, that's a pretty strong portion of their their TV. They may not be getting the time they need, but with Britt Baker, uh, Sheeta, and all the the women now coming up, what what are you thinking of the women's division right now? It's it's improving. Uh, you know that was the one of the biggest concerns, biggest biggest uh, gripes to AEW is that they weren't giving the women enough time. Uh, wasn't given their division of time. If you go back and you look at the average time per match now, per women in the women's division from Impact, SmackDown, Raw, and Dynamite, um, Smack, I believe it was SmackDown has the longest at, at a little about six and a half minutes. AEW Dynamite's right behind them. And this is over the last three or four months in, in dedicated time to the women's division and matches. So, they, since the new year, they have they have put an emphasis on building up their women's division, um, and working on on their characters and, and and improving it. And they they've done it, and now you're seeing the fruits of their labor. I mean, Britt Baker is, is so over right now. Yeah, she's must see to me. I, I believe she's must see right now. Yeah. With with, with every episode of Dynamite, she 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 has taken over that role, embraced it, and is just to me. They they opened the door for her and she just said, Forget it, I'm kicking the damn thing in. Yeah, and I remember watching her when she debuted going, Oh gosh, this this <laughs> this lady's not very good at all. Yeah. And she has done a complete one eighty. You could tell she's put the time in, in the ring. You could tell she's really developed that character and, and she's I mean, believe it or not, I mean, she is the face of that women's division. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because she almost reminds me of, and then, you know, again, I'm not saying she's on this level, but of, of Ric Flair. Because Ric Flair, when the heel, you would pay to watch her. You're going to pay to watch her get her ass whooped, basically. Yeah. Yeah, she she is getting she is getting to that level now. Is she Ric Flair level? No. But, no, no, definitely hey, not, it, I'm saying. But it, the, the character-wise, I think, is, is kind yeah, of, you're going to pay to watch her get her ass whooped regardless. It's not the that thing. Is, that is the old school wrestling there, where yeah. you want to pay to watch the hills get their butt kicked. Yep, kind of like the young bucks. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, definitely. And the whole, the whole thing with the SCU. All right, we're running out of time. I could talk to you probably for a whole hour, Justin. But uh, he's Justin Hoss. You can catch him on Twitter at the Jaybird nine zero four. That's just the letter J. Or sorry, yeah, the letter J. And you can catch him on his new podcast, the Bird and the Villain Podcast. Justin, thanks for coming on with me, man. Thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. All right, we'll have to get together again soon, man. <laughs> all right, start your morning every day, 8 a.m. with Toasted Sports. Toast covers all the local sports stories while providing some great Miami Hurricanes insights. Also got a lot of pop culture.
Download, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast, Toasted Sports 8 to 10, only at OnSideRadio.com. Find the podcast for the Squared Circle Digest on all podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. This Onside Rewind is brought to you by the number one volume sales dealership in the Southeast United States. Craig Zins Acura of Pembroke Pines. Call the 2020 Satisfaction Award winner, 888-776-5123, 888-776-5123, or visit them at 15601 Pines Boulevard in Pembroke Pines. Welcome back to the Squared Circle Digest. To call the show, 888-441-4623. That's 888-441-4623. Here's your host, Sean Stanley. Ah, it is that time. I want to thank Justin Hollis for joining us. Don't forget the Bird and the Villain podcast. You can check him out at the, the letter J, Bird904 on Twitter. And right now, a gentleman you can check out at David Dwork. He is David Dwork from Chirping the Cats Radio. David, how are you doing today, sir? Morning. I'm doing well. We're playoff bound, baby. Two playoffs. days away. Actually, a day away now. Sorry. Tomorrow. Yes. The playoffs start today. The Panthers play tomorrow. Yes. Dude. Is the time off been good or bad for the Panthers? It's like, for the Panthers, it's great. For the Panthers, it's awesome because it gives them a chance to get back to 100%. They've had a couple of guys in and out of the lineup. Mm. They've been resting guys. They want to be as close to full strength. Obviously, Aaron Ekblad is the big name that's not going to be there. But, I mean, other than Ekblad, they're ready to roll right now. So, yeah, the time off has been great for the Panthers. For the rest of us, it's like going back to your childhood and the week before Christmas. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, it's Christmas Eve, 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 Eve today. It's been a while. Like, that's what this last couple of weeks has been, yeah. like, really. And, and you've, you're versing a team that you've just come off of two, to me, stellar games against. A lot of infighting. So now I have a question for you, and hopefully not taking away from anything you're going to talk about today. No, yeah, bring it on, bring it on. Tampa Bay, this playoff series, with the way the chippiness was in the last two games of the season, leading into the playoffs now, can we finally see this in-state rivalry <laughs> become something? I love the air quotes that only I can see that you just threw up there. <laughs> I, I got to YouTube. Oh, yes, you two people. My bad. Um, no, but like that, it's actually such a good description because they, it's been the in-state rivalry that's kind of been forced upon Panthers yeah. fans. Um, now we might actually get that, that like venom, that lava mm. like bubbling underneath the surface. That like Those two games was a perfect precursor for this because yes. it's like, they don't really matter that much, but you're still beating the crap out of each other because you know you have to face each other. You want intimidation. And all, what was really impressive about the Panthers in those games, because you could tell that Tampa was taking the physical element or yeah. trying. Like, they wanted they, to be the aggressors. They are trying to be, yes. Pan- the Panthers were just worried about going out there, playing their mm-hmm. game, and winning, mm-hmm. which they did. But they also didn't back down no. at all, which is, like, And, and I like the, the fact that, and, and I know they're not the goons anymore, but you had the certain guys that would come over. So, for instance, they're going after Barkoff or... Huberto. Not that Barkov and Huberto were backing down, but you had Gouda and some of the other guys yeah, that were coming no. like, no, no, you go that For way, sure. I got this. Well, because it's not that Bar- the superstars can't like yeah. get their own backs. It's like you don't need them in the penalty box. <laughs> exactly, exactly, yeah. So let somebody else go in there, maybe take a bruise or whatever, yeah. go sit out for a couple minutes and let Barkov stay on the ice and score. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't remember exactly right. seeing that with the Panthers, though. Maybe this year we've seen it more, but in past years, I don't remember that a lot. It was kind of like Seemed like they were more reserved. I don't know. Maybe it was just because I don't know hockey that much to see how some of the uh, bantering back and forth. And, again, most of the time I'm watching on TV, not in stadiums, so they'll 
click off. Like the one time, no, uh, for sure. They clicked off and then they went back at it. And <laughs> they even knew, like, yeah, there was a fight going on. The dude got suspended for that. Like <laughs> once the refs separate you, like yeah, that's you, it. you go. Yeah. But no, I mean that's the thing about this year's Panthers team. It's not necessarily that past teams didn't have guys that can do this kind of thing. It's that that culture, right? Yeah. That, that word that we know in South Florida so well in sports. Um, you bring in guys that like you want to. They, they bring it out of you. Like, you want to get your teammates back. You know that there's more to it than just going to work and scoring goals and trying to win. Like, it's, it's that camaraderie, that team effort. And that's why you bring in guys like Hornquist and Gudis, these guys that have not only won and been around, yeah. but that have zero, zero reservations about going after into the fighting. Yeah. Which was funny because with all the fighting going on, Hornquist wasn't even in the lineup. Yeah. He was probably healthy enough to play, but... Why, you know, why, why do it? At why that waste point? it? Because yeah. he's going to be the one of the guys that's going into yes. the scrum and getting mixed up. So it'll be fun to, uh, to see game one. Tomorrow. What do you got today? We're going to talk a lot about this playoff series. I want to dive into the lines. I want to dive into the goaltending situation. Roy Bellamy from the Dan Levitard show with Stu Dots oh, nice. is going to be riding well, shotgun for a couple segments. He was going to join me for the first two segments, but he just texted me that he is at Enterprise renting a car. Oh. So we're going to do the middle segments with Living Roy Bellamy. High today. Life with the Levitard. Oh, yeah. I'm sure he's getting a full yes. size. He is David Dwork, Turbine Cats Radio, coming up next. But don't forget, tomorrow, starting at 3 o'clock, pregame at Dater's Minds Brewing with Big O and Alex Donner. You can catch the great Abel out there as well. Also, Kai Chin Chisholm and Austin Robillard. I am Sean Stanley. This has been the Squared Circle Digest. Turbine Cats Radio coming your way next right here on SideRadio.com.